When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Astros Baseball and happy 4th of July to all of you and my co-host Tom. Tom, buddy, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, Rob. Uh, Hope you got your, your fireworks in. Your, your, your barbecue, however you decide to do it, your meal, whatever you think your, your independence meal is for Independence Day, if you celebrate that. Uh, for me, it was it was brisket. It was awesome. How about you? Uh, I usually celebrate Fourth of July, but we went to the game yesterday. And so today we just we had so much to do. You know, we went grocery shopping, had some other things to take care of. My wife had some housework to do and so we just got some of that Firebird or whatever that is, the one at HEB that they cook on the grill. Oh, yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah, we got that. And uh, actually, the neighbors were cooking out yesterday when we got home and they gave us some food over the fence. So I ate some of that, too. So I did eat some barbecue fireworks. Not yet. And that's one one topic that I want to bring up now is I live outside of city limits. So fireworks are OK. I got a fireworks a uh, big old huge fireworks building at the entrance and the exit of my neighborhood. I got to work at five in the morning and these fireworks are going to go till midnight or if not two in the morning, buddy, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> uh, that is a, that is a hot uh, topic of debate, you know, for the people that celebrate the people that don't, you know, the ones that, that, that don't, you know, really don't want all that noise. But I mean, the other ones are going until they can't go anymore. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people celebrating, but I mean, like, Tomorrow's Tuesday. People got to work. Uh, they were popping some yesterday, but I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'm pretty cool with it. The neighbors had a party. They were being loud, but I didn't have to work. So we just, uh, me and my wife were binge watching uh, Married at First Sight, some some new show where they gave people a second chance, but nobody wants to hear about that. They wouldn't hear about baseball. So you missed the last episode. You're spending time with family. Fourth of July. That's another reason I wanted to do a show today. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Yankees. We weren't super confident, but they got it done. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that I missed y'all uh, hanging out with the, with the kids, doing the family thing. Um, but man, what a game against the Yankees! What a pitching performance! I, I like like I wasn't confident that they were going to be able to score enough runs. I didn't think there was going to be enough offense without Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena in the lineup, but they found a way, and and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, they didn't need it. They went two to one. What a game, folks. What a game. And then the Angels, they sweep the Angels. I mean, I could see that coming. I think, uh, I don't know what it ended up being, but uh, what's his name? Mike Trout. And I failed to bring this up yesterday, but Mike Trout struck out almost every time he went to bat. He he did nothing. Uh, it's wild. He looks really, like, disinterested. He looks really unhappy at the plate, like, you you know like like some hitters are, are working on some things and stuff like that, but Mike Trout's so great. You just feel like he's going to hit homer every time, or at least hard contact. And he just looked absolutely miserable at the plate. Credit to the Stros pitching, 
but uh, I wonder if something else is going on there, but who knows? Uh, really proud of the team. I mean, again, more pitching, all the pitching, just so amazing that they're able to, you know, keep stacking up these great pitching performances because you just don't see it all the time. Speaking of pitchers, Forrest Whitley started for Sugarland tonight, and I expected big things. Two and two-thirds innings, five hits and six runs, two walks and four strikeouts. Not good, buddy. He's, um, he's a work in progress. I, I, I think we got to be patient with him. I think he's he's feeling the pressure to be something as much as we are putting it on him and w- us being the fans. So I hope that that's just a blip. He looked really good uh, going into AAA, though. Yeah, I mean, his rehab assignment looked good. He, he I mean, he went from, uh, what, the Woodpeckers, the the low A to, to uh, Sugarland. Not good. Uh, we'll see. I saw him pitch once when I went to Corpus, and he got lit up. I mean, he gave up like six runs, almost the same same box score there. But did you see this? I know you might have been driving and coming back from being out of town. But did you see that? Are, are you a fan of this? The hot dog eating contest and this Joey Chestnut wins every year. The guy <laughs> ate like sixty something hot dogs. I feel like it's a train wreck you can't look away from once you've already you started watching it. Like if you've watched it over the years, you feel like Joey Chestnut's just going to eat an extra couple dogs every year, and you just don't expect it. Like it's like you have to watch it. But you wouldn't like normally watch like an eating competition. I don't know what it is about the Fourth of July and the hot dog thing. I, I watch it. Yeah, I definitely. I, I saw you know there was some 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 protester that jumped on the stage and stuff like that. I mean, the guy's still an animal. He still ate like sixty three dogs or something like that. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. I mean, he wins the hot dog contest, and in in the middle of it, he has to choke out a a protester. I, I <laughs> it happened so fast, I didn't get to read what the sign said. But uh, anyway, also. Keeping with pitchers, it's today's the return of Odorizzi. What was your expectations for Odorizzi? I'm sure it was better than, you know, the results of today. To be honest with you, I was really tempered. If you recall, last time he came back off an injured stint, he was really bad to start too. I was hoping that he kept it, you know, four runs, three, four runs. Obviously, it didn't go that way, but um, I didn't expect him to do what everybody's seen the last two weeks. I, I felt like. Anybody that thought that Jake was going to come out and pitch like that, uh, that was going to be really tough. Yeah, so another thing I want to bring up is that hopefully the sound is pretty good, but me and the wife got new phones, and they let us try all the uh, T-Mobile home internet for uh, free for 15 days. And after that, it's 30 bucks for life, so why not try it out? So the computer, our phones are hooked up to it. So far, so good, and all you do is plug it in. There's no wires. I mean, you plug it in and uh, you open up an app and start it up. So far, so good. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how the audio is here. Uh, But let's get into it. Corey Lee got his first start. I knew that was coming. And I I think maybe there was a chance Odorizzi, I don't think so, maybe, that they met up when he was rehabbing. And maybe they, you know, maybe he caught Odorizzi when they're rehabbing. Maybe that was a possibility. I'm not really sure. But things didn't start out well, buddy. Top of the first, Dozier, a two-run single. It was two to zero. Top of the second, but a tendy two-run single, four to nothing. And then he gave up a solo home run in the top of the third. Astros down after three innings, 5-0. Not looking good, buddy. No, it, it was one of those things where I felt like he just couldn't miss bats. And those guys, 
for for as bad as Kansas City can be, they've shown uh, in the past, whether it be against the Strohs against other teams, being able to light you up for four or five runs in a hurry. So bottom of the fourth, the Astros finally get on the board with a sack fly by Tucker. Pena scored. And then uh, Odorizzi was done. Four innings, nine hits, five runs and a walk, three strikeouts. His ERA is still at 404. But he, you know, he gave up a home run. He gave up a lot of hits, but a lot of it was soft contact. And a lot of it was the balls were hit where the where, you know, where the infielders weren't. So it wasn't all Odorizzi. I mean, he only had one walk. So it wasn't as bad as it looks, but it was still bad. Uh, bottom of the fifth. So the Astros are down five to one. Altuve had an RBI single, brought in Dubon. We're down five to two. Then Dubon grounded out. Jake Meyer scored uh, from third, five to three. And then my boy, Mr. Amazing, Seth Martinez comes in after Odorizzi, throws three scoreless innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, has his ERA down to 0.83. The guy's awesome. Yeah, uh, credit to you for for really pointing him out early and often. He has been so good, so consistent, so dominant. He's got that big sweeping, I think it's a slider, right? And you just, it, it's really hard to pick up apparently for hitters because he is striking out a ton of people with it. And the top of the eighth, Melendez had a solo home run. And I'm not going to lie to you, buddy. I went, I went to the back room because me and my wife got distracted by the bird feeder and the bird, bird bath in the front yard. And I heard, and I heard home run. And I was like, oh no, Seth Martinez gave up a run. But I didn't realize Maton was in the game. So, I mean, that's bad for us, but it's good for Seth Martinez. So the Astros are clawing back, buddy. It was five to three. Then they made it six to three. And it's like the offense really isn't there. And they got two innings left. But the bottom of the eighth, Tucker came up a second chance with the bases loaded. Two run single. Payne and Jordan came in. It was six to five. Then Yuli had an RBI single. Alex Bregman came in. And we're all tied up. We have all the momentum in the world. And then Jake Myers decides to bunt, or they told him to bunt. I don't know why, but it was a horrible bunt. It was a uh, rally killer. Dubon struck out after that. Diaz, Diaz pinch hit. He struck out. What's up with the bunt? These guys are these guys are hitting the ball. They're destroying these guys. They're making this huge comeback. Why would he bunt? I can't imagine that that he would do that on his own. And it's really weird. It's really like a curveball because I feel like Dusty is, has been prone to not bunt and like try to build on a big inning. So I don't know how we got there. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, you, you, you'd you already done all your damage. Why, why not keep letting them swing away? I don't know. I can't explain it. Uh, I didn't get an explanation after the game, or, or at least I didn't find it. So it'll, I'll be interested to figure out what, what happened there. Yeah, Jake Myers has been uh, – hang on. I can't talk. <laughs> oh, oh, my kid's FaceTiming me. I'm sorry, folks. This is a live show, and we don't edit it. But anyway, the uh, Jake Myers has been raking. Why would he bunt? And there was a runner on first and second. So what were they doing, trying to give up an out, trying to avoid the double play? I don't know. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. I really felt like there was a big inning brewing – uh, Jake had been really good at the plate. It looked like, you know, all the momentum in the world, like you spoke about, 
just let them swing away. But I, I feel like once they got that one out, it swung the momentum the other way. And then Kansas was like, okay, we can do this. A double play gets us out of the inning. And then the next two guys come up, strike out, but the game is tied. Still, still a lot to be desi- to, to be figured out. And the, and the second, the second question is you, ha- you give Corey Lee his first start. It's a big, a big position or a big uh, moment in the game and they pinch hit for him. Do you pinch it for him or do you let him be in that moment? I, I didn't understand that either. I mean, obviously, you know, Dusty's managing to win games, right? But you're playing with house money at that point. I feel like if anything, how else are you going to build a kid's confidence, but to let him have a, have a hack with a chance to bring in a, a potential game winning run, you know, with a man on second base. So I didn't love the move, but you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, Dusty's going to Dusty, and we can't always explain it. Okay, one thing about that, though, it benefited the Astros because it it had Machete come in the game, and uh, in the top of the ninth with two outs, Witt walked Bobby Witt Jr., and he tried to steal second, Machete threw him out. Would Corey Lee have thrown him out? Would that have happened? I don't know. Would they have scored just because he won second? I don't know, but it it kind of turned out to be a good thing. Yeah, I obviously can't complain with the result. Uh, definitely you want your best defender in there in a tie game, you know, to keep those those guys from running. I don't understand why anybody in the league runs on Martin Maldonado at this point. How many guys does he have to throw out before people are like, you know what, we're just not going to try him. But they keep doing it, and he keeps gunning them down. So many questions, buddy. We go to the bottom of the ninth. Altuve pops up, Pena lines out. You have two outs with Jordan Alvarez up. Jordan Alvarez, and you pitch to him. But first of all, it's three and one. You you look at it, buddy. It's their one ball, one throw outside, one ball in the dirt, one ball away from him walking. And Alex Bregman would come up. And you don't know if this would happen because there's already two away. Why do you pitch to Jordan Alvarez? I don't get it. Uh, I, I can't understand that either. It's a lot like when we or when the Astros pitched to Aaron Judge on a 3-1 count too. I feel like you just can't let those guys beat you, right? They're just so good, so talented. It's like, you know what? Live to fight another day. If Bregman beats you, so be it. But Jordan, I mean, he's the hottest hitter in baseball right now. Why on earth would you pitch him? I can't, I can't explain it. Kansas City is where they are for that reason, and I appreciate him. Okay, Maton gave up a run. Stanek. One walk, no runs, picks up the win. His ERA is 0.67, and they touched this. They touched on this on the broadcast. He's not getting a lot of all-star attention. I guess, you know, the coaches and the – I don't know. I can't even remember the sports writers, whoever picks all the reserves and the pitchers, but uh, he's not getting all-star buzz is kind of the point. But it's because he doesn't have saves. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Will Harris – he kind of had the same numbers years ago, and he made it. So, I don't know, man. I, I haven't been counting Stanek as one of the guys that could be on the all-star team, but he's got a really good chance. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't exactly know how you get relief pitchers to the all-star game that aren't closers, but if there's anybody that deserves a nod, it's got to be him. You're talking about the second-best record in baseball, and he's arguably one of the most dependable, high-leverage guys the Astros have. So the Astros had seven runs on seven hits. Kansas City had six runs on 11 hits. So Kansas City actually out hit them, but the Astros won. Pena was one for four with two runs. Tucker had three RBIs. 
Alvarez scored twice and had that game-winning walk-off home run. All the Astros got on base. Seven got on base via hit, and two got on base via the walk. Bregman walked twice, and Corey Lee walked once, so at least he got on base. The Astros were three for nine with runners in scoring position. They left six men on base, and they are now 52-27, and seven straight wins. But it wasn't, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. It wasn't looking good because Odorizzi had given up runs. But also the Astros offense didn't show up till late. The first 10 Astros were retired by the, I mean, by uh, Royals pitchers. Yeah, I, I didn't expect this game to go this way. I really felt like, uh, you know, the Astros are going to hit them early and often. But it did take them a while to get it going. But credit to them for figuring out a way to just chip away at that deficit to where they could get the big guy up and a chance to win the game. So Sunday, Pena walked off the Angels, and I called them. It might not take off, but the walk-off blues, the blue Sunday uniforms, because his last walk-off in May or somewhere, whenever it was, he was also wearing Sunday blues. So Pena and Alvarez, who both collided in the outfield, they both missed games. They both come back, and they both have walk-offs in the – Angel series and then today in the Royal series. Uh, pretty awesome. But uh, here we go, buddy. Here's some records. I saw this on the post game, and I should really watch the post game a little more because they have really good tidbits to share with people. But here's the Astros records opponents, when the opponent scores first, 13 and 19. Did you have any idea? No, not at all. I would have never thought that. So if you're watching the game and the Astros do not score first, they're a little bit under 500. When the Astros score four or more runs out of 41 games, how many games do you think they won? What is, what's their record out of 41 games when they score four runs? I believe it's something crazy. It's like 37, 38, something like that. It's, it's really high. They, the four runs was the magic number for a long time. The first like 17 or 18 games, I think they were undefeated when they scored four runs. You are a very smart guy. 37 and four. That's their record. Their record yeah. after their, their record when trailing after seven innings, four and 21. So before today, it was two, I mean, three and 21. See, that's some cool stuff you can get watching the post game. I got to do it more often. Uh, pitching matchups. We have a, another potential matchup with Grinky and Verlander, but we're not getting it. Are you still disappointed about that? I mean, you're not disappointed. You didn't want it, right? But Grinky's going against Garcia tomorrow, and JV will pitch Thursday, and that game's at 110. They're, re- they're giving them a rest, right, because they skipped them. Correct. They're, they're, they're op- operating with this six-man rotation, I believe, and it just it, it was like to control his innings because his innings have been kind of up there. Uh, and That's Justin I'm talking about. I, I don't mind that we we go against Greggy. I just feel like he's gonna deal. <laughs> like I hope I hope that that whoever pitches against him, I, I obviously it's Luis. Yeah. I hope he's equally as good because I just something about Grinky. I, I know like he declined to talk about his Astros experience. Uh, I mean politely, he wasn't ugly about it. But I have a feeling he wants to go out and show something. Did you? I, I saw a story, and I don't know how true it is. But a guy was at the Royals game, and I don't know if he was on the road or whatever, but he said he tossed his ball down for Grinky to sign, and then Grinky just threw it in the infield because he didn't want to do it. I mean, I don't know how true that is, and I don't 
remember every word of that statement, but it, it was kind of, I just, I don't really believe that he would do something like that, but it's grinky. I, I wouldn't put it past him. So it's a hundred percent true. It, oh, it was, okay. There it, you go. It, See, you know, a lot of stuff. That's why I like you. <laughs> it was on Twitter. They, they posted it. Uh, the guy, the guy had, had his phone on and he was recording it and he tossed his ball down to Grinky. Grinky throws it. I think he threw it into the stands or something. And the guy was like, Hey, why'd you do that? And he said, for my amusement and walked away. There you go. Thank you. I'm so glad you knew about that. All right. So I did a couple of polls and, and the first one, I'm, I feel pretty dumb. So I said, what would, what will Corey Lee's outcome be today? Will he get a single, an extra base hit? Will he get a home run or will he catch someone stealing second or possibly third? I guess 40% of the people said he was going to get a single 30 said extra base, 15 home run and 15 caught stealing. Turns out the answer is a walk. And I feel so dumb for leaving that out. Maybe I expected some offensive output other than a walk, but I feel kind of dumb. All right, but number two, I was kind of surprised by this and kind of not. What is your favorite 4th of July food? Hot dog, burgers, or other? What would you vote for? I voted for a hamburger because, I mean, I feel like that's synonymous uh, I don't, I don't know why, like the dogs are a big thing, but I always feel like that's a kid food, right? Like you make the dogs for the kids, you make the burgers for the adults. That's that just kind of how it works out, isn't it? But to me, if my wife said, go cook out on 4th of July, I'm not, I'm cooking out hot dogs because it's 4th of July. So 50% of the people say hot dogs, 38 say burgers. So it's pretty high. And I said other, because I figured some people would be smoking brisket and doing other things, but it looks like the majority of people are hot dog and hamburger guys on 4th of July, and I, I find that pretty cool. I think it's the way to go. I mean, unless you're going to spend the time to smoke a brisket. Now, if you are, I'd like to get to know you and come by and try the brisket. <laughs> All right, buddy. We got, I don't know the quality of these. Some of them are good, and some of them may not be as good, but I got six fair fouls. Are you ready to get to that? Let's do it. All right, guys, we'll be right back with six all-new fair fouls. All right, we are back with six fair fouls. I'm going to start with a really good one. I went to the game Saturday. I sat in Section 134. If you're familiar with it, you're right by the foul pole. Your seats are not really straight looking at the game. You still got to turn to the left a little bit, but not a view of the big scoreboard. You can see the little one on the third base side, but you can't see the big one. So fair or foul, seats at Minute Maid Park with no view of the big screen. Do they, ha- they have a name for that, right? I just can't think of it. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's fair. And, and the reason being is because, you know, obviously you're not going to pay for that or, or you, you're, you're going to, you know, like adjust your seating, right? You, you got to want to get as close to the, the, to the field as you can but not everybody can be facing the scoreboard. So it's like, if you want to, you pay a premium, you sit in the premium seats and then you see everything. If you want to sit, you know, if you don't want to pay the premium, then you sit, you know, in the nosebleeds and then you see the scoreboard and you, you do it that way. For me, I've sat kind of where you're at and I like those seats. I think it's great. I, I'd rather be in like one Oh five because you're closer because left field is shorter. And then you can also see the big scoreboard. So give me one Oh five over 134 any day. So you're fair and I'm foul, buddy. I, I, I love to see the scoreboard. I just love it. 
you know, there's a some 200s out in the outfield where you're totally blocked from everything. And all you can see is like old time, like you're, you're at, you know, the Red Sox stadium, you can just see inning and the score. So there's, you can't really see anything there. I don't know if I'd want to sit there either. So all right. I'm, I'm with well, you though. I would sit 105 also. I just don't want to pay for it. Oh, come on. <laughs> all right. Number two, we, the Astros had a throwback weekend, right? About with the nineties team. They had the uh, Kyle Tucker jersey, the 90s throwback jersey giveaway on Friday. When I went, we got Lance McCullers Jr. bobbleheads. He had the 90s, you know, blue and silver jersey on. Fair foul, the Astros should have worn the throwback jerseys from the 90s this weekend. Why didn't they? I say foul, they should have worn them. Or fair, they should have worn them. Yeah, I agree. Fair, they should have worn them. I love those jerseys. I know there's a huge cult following that loves those jerseys. and you know, they're, they would have made a killing if they'd have sold them. So why not have the guys play, put them in, put them in the, uh, the, uh, the store and, and go to town. I know they have a Biggio Jersey cause my son bought one, but I remember they used to have, uh, you know, like throwback weekends and they would wear the rainbow jerseys. Why not wear these? I don't get it. All right. Number three, I, th- I thought of this because I was running out of ideas here, but we were at, uh, the store, like looking around today, I think we're at Dollar General at the first. And I almost bought a puzzle because I, I enjoy doing puzzles. So fair or foul doing puzzles? Oh, 100% fair. I think it's a total, you know, like if you want to relax, like, and not like really rack your brain, but you want something to challenge you, a 500,000 piece puzzle, you know, make 500,000? No, 500 or 1,000. I'm oh. sorry. I, I should put the or in there. I should slow down. 500 is uh, a good number. 300 is too easy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A thousand. See, for me, not to cut you off, but I say fair because I love to do them, but it's also kind of like reading. If I start a book and it's really good, I won't put it down. I won't watch TV. I won't do anything because I want to finish that book. And it's the same as puzzles. If <laughs> I get started, I want to finish it because it's on the dinner table. You know, I don't want it there. I want to get it done and, and I'll I'll be up till two, three in the morning doing it. So that's why I didn't buy one. I don't have time. I don't have time to invest. But fair, I like doing them. So as a puzzle veteran, you buy a either 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 you have a sheet of you know cardboard or you take an old box and you build it on that, and then you still you gotta, gotta put it somewhere. You slide it under the bed, <laughs> and then and then when it's done, you glue it on that box, you flip it over, and then if you want to mount it, you mount it. If not, you 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 put it back in the box, whatever you want to well, do. There you go. But, but I I'm with you. I have a hard time putting them down, but I love them because, you know, you're creating this picture. It's a challenge. All right. Number four, I I tweeted about this the other day and it got quite a bit of action. Wearing your hat backwards. (laughs) Now you can look at it two ways and I'll start just so I can explain myself. Fair foul for me to do that is a foul. I won't wear mine backwards. Because I wear the fitted hats and it, I turn it around and just, it, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. And I've never done it. I'm just, I've never been a backwards hat guy. Do I, do I think it's foul for other people to do it? Not really. If that's how you want to wear your hat, go ahead. But for me, I, I don't do it. So for me, it's 100% fair. I saw the poll. I saw the, poll, I saw the question. I, I commented too. Um, you know, Griffey made it stylish, like somebody said. 
for me, sometimes the bill gets in the way. If you're working on something, you got to turn it back. Or, you know, if you want, you want a better sight line, you don't, you want the bill in the way, you know, you can, you can have your hat on and then get called out to, you know, play a basketball game or whatever turn that hat back and go to work. You have to wear your hat backwards to play basketball. You can't shoot a basketball with that. Also think about this. All of you that are old enough to have watched over the top, the arm (laughs) wrestling movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I guarantee you everybody. I mean, uh, Rambo, Rambo, my bad. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Every one of you guys walked out of that theater. You know, who's never done that? Who's never like, no way you've never done the, you know, the Sylvester Stallone, turn your hat around, get right. No one. It's awesome. I mean, for, for you're showing your age there a little bit, sir. You got You got to have the trucker cap for that because he was he was a truck driver. But yeah, absolutely, uh, great movie <laughs> if if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, you got to rock it backwards. All right, number five. My wife might not like this, but she's outside. She's gonna <laughs> hear it later. But all right, sleeping. I got I got like three parts of this, maybe even four. This is all about sleeping, and I hope we haven't done this yet. Have we talked about sleeping with the door closed? No, not at all. All right. Sleeping with you're you're in your house. Okay, I, my I'll put you in my picture. Me and my wife have a home. We live alone. We sleep in the back of the house. I leave the door open. If she goes to bed, she shuts it. I can't I can't sleep with the door shut. I hate it. Foul. Door <laughs> shut. Foul. I'm a door open guy. I believe it's just me though. So I don't I'm know. a door open guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't, I've never thought about it, you know, like I'll close it, but I feel like for me, it's like quick in quick out, easy access. Like there's no one else in the house. So I'm not worried about anybody seeing me in the bed. Yeah. I could imagine if you were psycho- psychologically worried, you know, you guys got kids or whatever, you're worried about them, you know, walking in on you while you're asleep in bed. Maybe that's why she's like, I'm, I've always closed the door and I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah, I guess if I had kids living with me, I know if people stay with me, if we have company, we'll shut the door. But I mean, if I'm home all by myself, I mean, I'm never home by myself anymore. But even when I lived alone, I never shut the door. I think when I lived alone, the door door never even got shut. It just Mm. stayed open. I'm with you. Fair. All right. What about the closet? Can you sleep if the closet door is (laughs) open? That's another one I leave open too. I, I, everything's open in my house or my apartment because I just want the access. I, I, I'm not worried about anybody seeing it, but I imagine if you had company or if you had family, you would close doors so that they didn't see what's going on in your closet or see what's going on in your bedroom. Well, it is your bedroom. So if I'm in the bedroom, I, I, I would shut the closet door in most cases, but our closet is actually in the bathroom and it never gets shut. So, so we have the I don't know what to call it. The powder room. I don't, you know, where you go number two or your, whatever (laughs) your toilets in its own little room and it has a door and next to it is the door to the closet. And those things are always open. So we don't ever shut them, but there's a, a big door that goes to the bathroom that my wife will not, will not like if I get up and brush my teeth or anything, if she's already in bed and I leave that open, she'll get up and shut it. (laughs) <laughs> she's, she's got to have a shut. So she's a she's a closet shut kind of person. What about a ceiling fan? Sleep with the ceiling fan, fair or foul? Oh, fair. I you know I I didn't used to, but now it's like a, a requirement. Like I need that draft. 
All right, me too. I love it. When when I didn't have one, I had that uh that little table fan, like the one that osculated. I have it on all the time, and I got to have that noise. So I don't know, but it's just I'm just like always hot when I'm sleeping. So I love having the ceiling fan on. All right, so today we went to Five Below, and we found because we bought our phones and we ordered some cases on Amazon. So we're walking around with these thousand dollar phones with no cases, scared to death that we're going to drop them. And so we go to Five Below today, and on the way in, I was like, you know what, babe? They have phone cases here We because we already ordered them, but they don't come to Wednesday. And I was like, we could just buy some $5 ones. So we bought some there. So fair or foul, Five Below? Oh, absolutely fair. You'd be surprised what kind of like stuff that you need, but you're not necessarily like if it's damaged or whatever, like, like they sell headphones there. I mean, toys for the kids. I've got two boys, you know, I, you can always find something for both of them there. One's 12, one's five. So I love five below. I think it's absolutely fair. Five below as a dad. I mean, you, you seem like you might be in my boat. Um, I was a weekend father for a very long time and I wish they had had five below when I was, I was growing when they were growing up. I mean, just here, here's 20 bucks, go to town. You know what I mean? I mean, because they used to go to the dollar store and do that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, five below, dude, that's awesome. Because kids don't care how much stuff costs. If they go in, I'm going to get some headphones, I'm going to get a t-shirt, I'm going to get a toy, and I'm going to get some bubbles, whatever. I don't know. And it's 20 bucks. So five below is pretty awesome. Yeah, my five-year-old does not have any concept of what anything costs. So he's counting items. So five below is exactly right for something <laughs> like that. All right, buddy. Do you have any final thoughts? It is a great time to be an Astros fan. I posted or I tweeted this out the other day, and it uh, you know it bears repeating. The Astros have the easiest remaining schedule of any team in baseball. So if you like this feeling right now, it could last for a while. My final thought would be that the Astros play down to their competition. So hopefully, you know, they beat these teams they should beat. Also true. Although I think if you would have got anybody pitching today, but Jake Odorizzi, it probably doesn't end the way it did. Yeah. Overall, it was pretty good. I mean, to get Jake Odorizzi to come in and pitch and do what he did and still walk away with a victory, you, you, can't, you can't not love that. And I tweeted this, and I know you, I know you uh, saw it, but yesterday or Saturday when I was at the game and Maldonado, who's my second favorite player after Yuli Gurriel, hit two home runs. I tweeted, keep my catcher's name out your mouth because don't, test, don't slander the guy. He's, he's awesome. I don't care what he's hitting. He's awesome. I love the guy, and that's what I said today. I literally love this guy. I love Machete Maldonado and that's it. <laughs> he's going to be great for Corey Lee. I hope that he's got at least two, maybe three years left in the tank so that he can groom him properly so that they could, there could be an easy transition because I think the, 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 what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, the future is bright for Corey Lee. There you we sound go. like me. I know I was bad. Sorry. So <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, I mean, I always want everybody to succeed, but my boy, uh, Barry Hill's also a catcher. So, but you know uh, what? He, he, he plays outfield and he plays first base. So they're, they're letting him play other positions. So 
they're keeping their options open with this guy. You know, they can't pigeonhole him at catcher, even though he's good. I think maybe Corey, hopefully there's room for both of them someday in the future. Well, both Castro and Maldonado are in what mid thirties. So they're going to have to carry two catchers and it probably won't be them two years from now. Love it. All right, guys for Tom. Thanks for tuning in. Happy 4th of July. And we will see you probably on Wednesday night. And we'll talk about this Royal series later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.